Good morning, and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. Okay, we're going to start off with show notes before we jump into today's episode. So as of right now, wonderful news for us and for all of our great clients. We have already sold out our Evening with Mediums event on December the 15th this year. So that's very exciting. A big thank you to everyone. And surprisingly enough, our tickets are already on sale for 2018. And those dates are April 27th. August 24th and December 14th, and they're available online at bysarlo.com. We have a mini Sips of Sanity podcast show that's about 10 to 15 minutes per episode, and that airs every month at the beginning of the month for the first week. So you can check that out. Uh, We have November coming up, and that is on seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be giving you little tools each day of the week to combat SAD. And last but not least, we always like to remind people that we do offer personal sessions. They're available by Karen and myself individually. You can also book group sessions. You can uh, request information for that through bysarlo.com or call us directly. The number is on the website. Mm -hmm. All right, we're heading right into today's show then. Lead the way. Today is going to be medium and it's going to be two different stories actually. So the first one um, was a client that came in, a woman, and uh, she wanted to connect to her husband who had passed away. And he said to me right off the bat, well, ask her a question. <laughs> and I thought, ask her a question. <laughs> she's, she's come because she wants evidence that you're actually here. He goes, no, just ask her a question, Karen, go on, go on. And I thought, okay. He goes, well, just humor me. So he said, ask her, is it safe to be yourself? And I'm thinking, I'm supposed to ask her that? But then I got in the way thinking, she's going to answer that. (laughs) And he goes, no, 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 don't screw this up on me. (laughs) Just ask her the question, for God's sake. Just do what you're told. So I said, oh, okay. So I have to step out of my own way. And so I said, well, your husband's saying that he would like me to ask you a question on his behalf. And his question is, is it safe to be yourself? And she looked at me and she went, well, that would be my husband. That's nice. Yeah. And it was just like she got to take this big, deep breath. She just got to sit back in her chair and sit there for the ride for the hour and enjoy it. So this was a question that she was used to hearing from her husband, obviously. Every day. As a human. Yes. So she went on to explain because I said to her, do you mind explaining to me why I have to ask you that? And she said, my husband lived his life asking himself that question all the time and quite often out loud. He would pause during his day and ask himself, is it safe to be myself? Am I safe? So he was always going back like deep with inside himself to check what he was feeling. I think that's interesting because I think we subconsciously ask ourselves that question and that's what creates anxiety. And panic. Yeah. Because we can't answer yes. Yeah. And so he and I went on to explain to her the different situations that he was in in life where sometimes he paused and asked himself that. And she needed to hear that he was in the marriage by choice because he felt safe with her. Hmm. I really, really like that. Me too. And I'm thinking about parents right now where that's essentially what they're trying to teach their children when Mm -hmm. they're learning how to be a part of a social group. 
that at any point you can pause and ask yourself, is it safe to be myself? And if it's not, you call. Kelly, that was the next part of what's written down on this page to tell oh, you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you did it absolutely beautifully because he went on he went on to talk about how he 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 challenged that in their marriage. So that if they were picking at each other, criticizing each other, maligning each other, manipulating each other, he would sit back and ask that question, am I safe to be myself? So he could sit there and say to her, when you say that to me, I don't feel safe to be myself with you. But in turn, he would say to her, well, do you feel safe? Do Are you yourself? And then he turned around and shared that with each of their children as they had children in their marriage. So he taught his kids, as you said, in group sessions, whether it was a sport, whether it was, you know, a coach that might be pushing him uh, someone too far. His son might come off the hockey rink or whatever it was and be upset. And one of his dad's questions would be, are you safe to be yourself? Or are you having to conform outside of your comfort zone? Is this coach asking you something that doesn't sit in alignment with your core beliefs or what you want to feel about yourself? I just, I just loved him. I loved meeting him. I remember saying to her, far beyond when you leave here at the end of the hour, I plan to hang out with your husband. <laughs> I love how well that can go over when the person's dead. (laughs) I just, I said, oh, it just delights me that I get to spend the rest of my day with him. And as days go on, he sometimes he's just standing in the house. And it's like, oh, my God, I recognize him. He's the man that would ask that question. Are you safe to be yourself? So if I'm out in public and I'm public speaking or I'm meeting somebody or I don't know, just all of the different situations in life, when I see him standing there, he reminds me that it's okay for me to take a pause and ask myself that question and then wait to see what do I feel? What do I think? How does this person or this situation around me make me feel? And then from there, and I remember writing this down on the page too, he continued to ask other questions. So if they said, no, dad, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm upset, I'm angry. What about it makes you feel unsafe? Is it realistic what they've asked you to do? So if the coach is asking him to do something that's stretching his abilities as a skater or a stick handler, what about it didn't make you feel safe? Well, well, dad, the stick's too long and I'm afraid I'm going to trip or... Okay, can you say that to the coach? Can you check out the stick? And then, you know, a week later, Dad, I got a new stick. It was too long. So sometimes it just brought about easy problem solving because there was a really good calm assessment. And I think that's that's part of what he taught in his home was this calmness to be able to assess something, taking back time, not letting other people be time stealers where they take their your your time away from you so that they can get what they want i just he there were so many beautiful things about what the first question asked of you 
and just how respectfully he could he could even say it to someone else if they weren't making him feel safe that he became quite comfortable with saying well I don't feel comfortable with this I don't feel safe around this I think I need to ask you more questions before I make a decision like he didn't always come out and say to the person I don't feel safe but he formulated all of his thoughts and questions around it and consequently his energy was that of a very rooted grounded peaceful person I'm glad you got to meet a nice man yes and Ikel we talk about emotional intelligence quite often in the shows and this was a person who took a good question and really wove it into his life and then into everybody else's around him so that even now that he's gone it's embedded in their subconscious to assess to step back to take time and to think you know we live we live in busy times um everyone's stressed everyone's busy and scooting about but it's it's okay to give yourself consent for that and i just liked how he i don't know how to word this how he peacefully implemented it and that it created a confidence in people in him i think that's cool because you're asking about safety which we often don't feel in life and you're saying that that question that makes you assess it is actually what creates confidence and i i want to say that's a process because i think you know thank god so many people listen to this show for tools but this is not a question that gets you immediate confidence this is something that needs to be implemented consistently over time so that confidence can actually be developed and strengthened. He also talked about the fact that if people were gossiping, he or criticizing themselves, self-criticism or self-put-downs, or if they were criticizing another person who wasn't present or one who was present, that that also made him feel unsafe to be with them. So then he would sit back. If he wasn't able to get out of the location, he would sit back and withdraw. Or he would stand up. He would stand up for the other person and put a question and do you think this conversation makes this person feel safe with you? He, he really would like bring it right up in such a wonderful way that the person gossiping or criticizing or being mean to somebody was being approached. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really cool because he would word it in that way. Well, you know, so-and-so, Johnny, I'm speaking about like, you know, your sister like that. Do you think that would make her feel safe if she knew that's what you were saying about her? He worded it in so many different ways, she said, but it all had the same meaning. And one of the things that I got from the way that he spoke was that he was trying to have integrity in it and he was trying to hold other people accountable to it, but he was calling it safety. Mm -hmm. That's good. <laughs> yeah, and I think he found good a good sentence, a good question. I think he found a, a, a good way and a good manner in being able to present it so that the person gossiping, or I'll say the perpetrator, didn't feel attacked. It was open enough that the person could assess themselves and somehow gracefully take their ego mm -hmm. <laughs> and bring it back into themselves and not feel ashamed that's good well to me that's just an absolute gift that you're giving that person because then they're not going off in their own shame 
So he's inviting them to go back. And, you know, I, I think too, Kelly, like, do we really feel safe if we're the ones gossiping about other people? No. And I think he was trying to point that out. So like, he just brought so much up in that session. And he did so and I like I'm paraphrasing some of it quickly for for our listeners. But he talked in detail to her about he how he had to challenge her in her work environment, because she was the bully, she was the gossiper. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. So here he was at home, hearing how she would come home and say, well, this is what I said to so and so today. And this is what I had to do, you know, and, and he was listening to a wife that's a bully in the workforce, and had to know that she was still carrying that on in other aspects of her life. So if he was going to stay married, if he was going to find a way to love her, what could he ask her in a way that wasn't challenging to her to put up a brick wall, but in a way that she was going to be open to self assessments. And so that she could do it regularly. And not where it's controlling by him, but where it's authentically done for herself by herself. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just about how do I do this, get my wife to do this. This was he lived this, this wasn't I'm going to change her. This is what he did for himself first. And that in and of itself, I thought was huge. Well, it's loving someone. Yes, and loving, making sure that he was figuring out how to love himself too. Mm-hmm. Which we all know, you can't say you love another person if you don't have self-love. You might be trying, but it's going to be quite difficult. And desperate. Mm-hmm. And catastrophic. There is catastrophe in that at times. And destruction. Okay, so I wanted to share him just because of that one question and the way that um, he and he lived his life. And I just thought it would be such a beautiful life to share with as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes the way we live our life is a shit show. It's a it's a drama show. And yeah, we don't always want to have to learn the hard way to get lessons. And he was trying to figure out the kinder, more gentle path. I think too, when, you, when you're talking about the, the drama or the shit show, there's there's no intention of when that's supposed to end. And so the days meld into one another and it becomes months or a lifetime. And you don't recognize yourself anymore. Or you now identify with this new mean bulldozer of a person and you haven't had, or you, pardon me, you haven't taken the opportunity to reflect like what you're saying or like what this gentleman channeled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes when, when that happens, Kelly, like what you're talking about, when somebody, it just happens with like whittling over time that we don't understand when a partner walks out the door or the boss says you're fired or the girlfriend just drops you or the guy friends just don't call. Well, yeah. Cause you have the question, well, why now? Why is this upsetting to you now if I've been this way for 10 years? That's right. Or even three years. Yeah, This is who I am. Accept me. Love me for who I am. Those are bullshit things. Those are abusive statements. Mm -hmm. You don't say to somebody, love me for who I am, or you don't really love me when you're bullying them with bad behavior. And some people think they have the right to do that with bad behavior. I, I just, he was lovely. A second client came late one evening in the winter 
And she arrived for medium, looking to connect to what she referred to as a ton of people. And I said to her, that's okay. I'm comfortable when there are many people that are coming through. How would you like to sort and organize it? And she said, well, if you know what you're doing, you should be able to do it yourself. I love those people. (laughs) Just kidding. So her husband came in first. No, her mom came in first and said, could I begin? I'm her mom. And so I just said, the spirit world can handle it. Whatever you guys want. I don't know what she's doing. So her mom came in and said, before the group comes in, I'm not part of this group. And I said, okay. So I said, well, your mom's coming in and she says she's separate from the group. And the lady wouldn't acknowledge anything. So that went just past me. And the mom said to me, we were best friends and she's devastated. Don't take her indifference, her quiet, her reservedness, her anger, her hostility personally. And I said, okay, thank you for telling me that. Mm, That's a huge relief. Yeah, because she was emitting all of that in the room. So when you're the only other person in the room and she's wanting something from you, it's very, well, you know this, Kelly, it's very difficult to give that person what they need when you feel you're feeling those emotions coming from them. It's so funny. Did you feel safe to be yourself? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) But he, he, sorry, her mother made you feel safe. Yes. And she said to me, we were best friends. She's destroyed. She has lost so much in this life. She's full of anxiety, anger, sadness. And it is such a great big ball. She doesn't know how much volatility she's creating energetically and how offensive it is to everybody in her life. So she's going to work carrying this. Nobody feels they can approach her anymore. Her friends don't know how to speak to her or even sit and have a tea with her for more than 15 minutes. They're they're coming up with excuses to get out, which then fuels the insecurity. Yes. So you need to talk to her about what she's what she's holding. And And I remember saying to her mom, what do I say? What do I say to alleviate decades of this pain and all of the anger that she's not let she doesn't believe that she's let out in any way yet somehow she thinks she's got past all of it that she's fine and that she's functioning and she doesn't understand how people are getting this off of her so her mom said uh, some things to me in regards to you have to just be right to the point and tell her that she's being mean and that she and just say it say that she's not a people pleaser say that she's a person who says it as it is but she doesn't just say it as it is she's mean and she's a bully about it she doesn't give a shit because there's just so much pain in her that she's just spewing it everywhere now and I said okay I'll do my best so I said that to her and she said yeah she she didn't uh, she didn't deny that what her mom said was um, inaccurate so her mom finished off and told her how much she loved her and and knew that the greatest sorrow other than losing her mom was what was coming next. I was not expecting this. 
But what I saw after that, because it changed from her mom and, and me just listening to her and talking to her and hearing everything and speaking with her, I saw a car accident. And it was wintertime, it was icy. There um, was a large vehicle, there was a man driving it. And I remember like the way that he looked as well. And um, in the van, the, were all kinds of kids, it was full. And if I'm correct, I think it was something like six or seven kids in the van. And so her, what, what destroyed her life was the loss of her spouse and her, her children, six of her children. If I'm remembering this one correctly, I think two or three other children were not in the van. So this is a very large blended family. Um, I think the total was nine kids between the two of them and it was not a first marriage. Um, second marriage for both of them. And in the van were all of his biological children. So I'm trying to be specific. And some of her biological children, but not all. So in total, though, she's lost her family mm -hmm. to a great degree, even though she still has, I think, two to three children remaining on earth with her. So through all of this loss and not knowing how to process it quickly, her personality had changed to the point where she yeah, did so yeah and I thought that was really neat how her mom came in to say how her personality had changed with grieving and I think we need to hear it that we that our personalities do change her husband was a teaser he was funny he came in and he said well she's gonna want me to tease her she's gonna she's gonna want certain things Karen you're gonna have to go over and take her hair and flick it back and I'm like what what do, you, what do you mean I have to flick it? He goes, you're going to have to take her hair and go like this and smack it back. So do you ever tell the spirit guides that something is just not part of our code? <laughs> no. Not part of our professional conduct? Kelly, you've seen me. What do I you have. think? <laughs> so far, no. So he told me to take her hair and flick it. So, and it was in a particular way, by the way. So I said something to her about, well, he wants me to do something to you. And she went, what? And I said, do I have permission to approach you and and touch you on his behalf? And she went, yeah, I think she knew exactly what was coming and was hoping for it and was just waiting to see if I was going to get it right or close enough. But I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong about that. But I walked over to her after she consented and I took her hair and I flicked it back and tucked it behind her ear. And it was something that he loved doing. The way that he liked to flick the hair back, take it and scoop it behind her ear for her. And she just looked at me and she went, oh, that, that's my husband. And I said, well, actually, he says, no, you're lying. <laughs> he says that after he passed, you remarried and you've still you've gone through a divorce since then. And she said, yeah. And I said, so this would be your second husband and you've had three husbands and now you're single. And she said, yeah, that's all correct. So he was able to give enough validation as to where he was in sort of what he called the lineup of her men. That's cute. <laughs> oh, it was. He was so kind. He was um, a strong man, though. He was her equal. For all of the bullying that she handed out to some people in life, he was the person that stood up to her and said, that's enough. And she's been feeling out of control since he left. Because the third husband was the people pleaser that didn't do that because he'd seen how much loss she had gone through and didn't have the guts or the nerve to ever confront her about anything anymore. Hmm. And I think this is a big, 
message for people to listen to. Yeah, because it goes straight back to the first example that you gave us about safety, to be ourselves. Because if no one is holding us accountable and we're allowed to get away with anything, and parents will know this, you don't actually feel safe as a human being. Mm -hmm. We need guidelines. We need rules to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. We need to know how to anticipate and what to expect. Mm -hmm. I love that. We need to know when we're wrong. We need to know when we should be apologizing or acknowledging something because it does. Like you said, it makes us feel safe again because then we have we get to be ourselves again because I think when we're bullying and when we're doing mean things, we're outside of our true selves. So anyway, he he was her person and he said to her, you need to stay single for a, a long time to get your shit together. He like he came in and like put it right on the table. And I don't mean in the way that I'm a psychic and her spirit guides were giving her a psychic reading. This was her 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 spouse or a spouse coming through our true partner for her to say enough is enough. And I, and I really wanted to make that point today in this show that when we've lost something, whether it's a job or loved ones or people maybe we don't even love, but we're our family members, we still can change. Our personalities change. And some of us think that they don't. So they don't understand why relationships and our jobs change after that. And it's important to hear that. They should change. You do change with mm. loss. The ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those were those were just two of the stories that I thought people could learn something from. Well, I don't know if you planned it that way, but they had a nice theme. Which was? <laughs> Safety, Karen. Safety. Yeah, I know. I just... Sometimes people need to hear it. Oh, okay. I was just baiting you to. Right. You you're looking at me funny, like no, you weren't. No, oh. oh, that was a test. <laughs> That's okay. I Kelly, there were so many important messages about the fact that we do change and that we don't see it, or that when we're grieving, we can bully people. I said that out loud. When we're grieving, we can bully people. Yeah, and we feel entitled to it. Or we're the person that thinks they are entitled to do it. Yes. And that that's not creating safety, as you mm -hmm. said, for that person who's grieving by allowing them to get away with their bad behavior. Yeah. And I, I just was, I thought that was quite a remarkable session where he came in and kicked her ass and said, and that's enough. I love it. And she felt relief because he was the only person who was calling her out on that. Well, from one human to another, thank you for being someone who kicks my ass. Mm. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. I kick a lot of people's asses. I'm aware. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was in high school <laughs> at St. Uh -oh. Joe's, Joe's College <laughs> in North Bay, I don't think there was any nun that asked me <laughs> what I wanted to be when I grew up that that would ever have been a response medium medical intuitive psychic ass kicker not truth. without the strap yeah with yes truth teller yeah and absolute. all they would hear is devil 
they certainly did at that time and I know some of them still do today and I know some of them do not yeah and so there is there is some healthy change and that's beautiful absolutely a beautiful thing thank you for today yeah you're welcome I I I, like I said it was a happy dance with two men in my kitchen your life is fantastic. So there was a nice threesome in the kitchen. Oh, for God's sakes. Okay, we're going to end it right there. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, that did not come out right. No, it never comes out right with you. That's not what I meant. <laughs> they know. Okay. <laughs> These were dead men, Kelly. Like. Okay, this is getting worse. Okay. If you have questions or comments, and I'm sure there are comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, we have a brand new podcast out next Saturday morning. We hope you enjoy your weekend.